0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There's this little cottage industry, of YouTube guru style stuff. Make $500 a day using AI to make science videos
1: this absolutely is a thing i don't know how prevalent it is but no matter what the system is you're going to have a contingency trying to game it i'm trying to think of it from youtube's perspective is youtube going to do something about this or not that's really the question and are they incentivized to do anything about it or not
0: I don't know how you would ban a thing for being wrong or penalize it when it's that hard to tell if something is wrong. They can't nail the emotional resonance with you individually. Get to know people. Enjoy people. That's the differentiator. You'll be one step ahead of, of all these problems.
1: Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown, the home of Make Something Mean Something. It is TCU's day. We are here live on Discord, joined by a bunch of our lovely, lovely patrons. I am Kevin Lieber. With me, as always, is Matthew Tabor.
0: Yeah, and I'm breaking a rule today. You know, the, the no lemonade on Tuesdays rule. Yeah. I can't drink lemonade if I'm going to record, but my throat is so scratchy. I was I had to dig with a, a pickaxe yesterday in, in a bunch of ash. To get sheet metal out, and it just made like I ingested enough to make my throat so scratchy that the lemonade is not going to make it worse. So I'm like, well, you know, today I wake up, I'm like, ah, ah. I think, well, <laughs> at least I can drink lemonade today. So
1: you clearly were not wearing a mask while you were doing this, mm-hmm. like respiratory no. damaging. Okay, let me oh. let, let me let me hop in here real quick uh, with another respiratory damaging activity on my end that happened <laughs> a few days ago. I was cleaning up mulch that was in my driveway okay so you know i had already moved all of it but what had remained was just sort of like mulch dust like really mm. fine powdered dirt okay and it made the driveway look,
0: particulate it,
1: it it was like a <laughs> yeah it was like a thin layer of uh black dust all over the driveway It looked terrible so What do I do, Uh, genius that I am? I get out a leaf blower, and I decide I'm just going to blow all of this dust away, you know, onto the lawn, essentially, just to get it off the driveway. So it's kind of- uh, There's a logic to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And guess what? It was working really, really well until I inhaled so much of it. I literally puked. I threw up. Yeah, Yeah, I puked from breathing this stuff in. And uh, when that it is putrid stuff, when that happened, I was like, all right, it's time to grab the mask. <laughs> so that, I went into the house and I I grabbed, uh, you know, like an N95 or whatever that you use for like sanding, like a, one of those work masks. You
0: use for sanding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I use for for sanding. I mean, I grew up with this, uh, you know, living with a father who does so much woodworking He's wearing one of those all day. I mean, when I was a kid, like one of my earliest memories is putting one of those masks on to help him in his shop.
0: Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, with the sheer volume there of, of solvents and dust and uh, finishing fumes and all of that, it, that, that makes sense. And, um, you know, it, it'll just be constant nosebleeds if you don't. But if it's, you know, if it's a one-off kind of thing, I mean, it, you know, you're not doing nine to five in those conditions. Um, no mask, no mask. No, like it was hot yesterday. It was like 84 and, and pure sun, like beating down sun. I'm not going to put a a mask on for that. No.
1: Yeah. But here you are today recovering from the damage that you did. Here I
0: am. Here I am today (laughs) drinking
1: lemonade. So, so I don't wear a mask and I win lemonade. Yeah, Yeah. You could have had lemonade without the throat damage is my point.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? This our split on um, the <laughs> science of this is is actually we've backed into a, a good intro to the to the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, the 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 topic today has been spurred on by a, a really interesting video from TCU alum Kyle Hill, titled uh, "YouTube's Science Scam Crisis." Now. We'll do our best to try to uh, kind of recap this. If, if you're you know, able to just pause the podcast right now and watch the video, that would be probably useful. So then you can fold in directly into our conversation about it. But if not, we'll do our best to recap it. Essentially,
0: we can give yeah, we can give everything you need to know without any trouble.
1: Yeah, the overview here. And then and then, Matt, maybe you could fill in some of the details that I'm missing, since I know that you literally just watched it before we you know, hit record.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's fresh for me.
1: The, uh, the overview is that, uh, Kyle has noticed a pattern, uh, that there are a series of science related channels on YouTube popping up that appear to be, uh, driven mostly by AI prompts, AI tools, um, AI thumbnails, the script seem AI. They seem to be read by some sort of AI narrator, uh, you know, Robotics. the 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 video footage itself is all um, very pretty generic. Just a lot of ripped footage and ra- ripped uh, stock footage. Uh, even going so far as the, I guess, the about pages of all of these don't really tell you a whole, mo- whole, whole lot about who's making the videos. Instead, they're sort of like legal pleas to, uh, you know, not copyright strike them. And that's it. So um, Kyle obviously... Is concerned about this. He's concerned about the impact that it will have on the platform, as well as the potential for it to just be spreading bad information or disinformation, uh, bad science communication. Uh, I think is kind of at the root of his concern here.
0: It is, and he also he also detailed how there's this little cottage industry encouraging people to do this. Uh, you know, the the kind of YouTube guru style stuff that's like make $500 a day using AI to make science videos. Um and, and he shows several of these these channels people um uh, encouraging others to make, you know, kind of uh, their own little AI content farm. Um so it's not just uh it's not just one offs, you know, and he starts by showing that here's a channel that has in-depth videos or well, long videos uh, about tough topics and they're releasing every 12 hours. Now, we've talked in the past many times in great detail about how long it takes to make a good, <laughs> a good informational video that is new, unique uh, in some way, and also bulletproof in terms of, of its content being valid. So you could have I, – I, how big would the team need to be to pump out one of those every 12 hours? <laughs> like fifty people.
1: <laughs> oh no, no, yeah, absolutely, dozens. Yeah, I think dozens yeah. of people would have to be working full time on that to do a video that's yeah. you know fifteen minutes long every twelve hours.
0: Yeah, and he looked at a, a a bunch of patterns that that he found, right down to the logos for the things, all all seeming really similar. You know, minimalist uh, minimalist design. Most of them are black and white. Uh, you, you, really can, can pluck them out. They have names that are kind of intriguing and interesting, but also relatively, uh, generic. Um, and there's a, a, a lot of it, a lot of it on there. And Kyle's real problem was that it was, uh, those videos are not buried. You know, it's not like these, it, it used to be with content mills where they would put something up that sucked and 12 people watched it. And they had this volume game where, uh, they squeaked out a little bit of AdSense each day from the sheer volume of videos each getting a handful of views. Well, that's not what he's seeing. He's seeing uh, he's seeing the videos rank higher than than the, the uh, legitimate channels, uh, the, the things they're about. You know, so he looks at that and says you have this problem. All the things that Kevin mentioned about misinformation—they might not be great, uh, they might not be accurate, but but they're also coming in first. So his video kind of exposes all of these different things happening at once.
1: Yeah, and, the, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned the, the thing about them coming first and sort of outranking because we tested that. When I watched his video, uh, I'm sure by now everybody listening realizes that search – or maybe they don't. So <laughs> here's a little new information if you haven't picked up on it yet. Uh, search results on YouTube are not agnostic. Uh, what I search, you know, if I search for uh, Michael Jordan Slam Dunk and Matt, you search for Michael Jordan Slam Dunk, odds are we'll both get maybe a couple of the same results, but then a few tailored results, personalized results, results that have to do yeah. with my account's watch history and what I've interacted with in in, in the past. So uh, and the same for you. So YouTube This is relatively new as far as like YouTube's history. Um, I don't remember it being this way for longer than maybe a year or so where they're-
0: It got more sophisticated recently. They're like hard tailoring
1: search results now, hard tailoring. Yeah,
0: they've they've always tried, but I mean, it it was such an inexact science uh, that it, it was hard to pull off in a way that was actually useful to people. And there's, um, you know, they, they kind of passed a milestone on it uh, with it being better. Usually those customized results are actually uh, appropriate and they're a value add to people in a way that they weren't five years ago. Five years ago, it, it was annoying. Because it was just, it, it was bad. I mean, it, things would, would be suggested to you that took you in the wrong direction. Uh, well, it's obviously better for everybody to have similar results that are legitimate than it is to customize in a way that's terrible and not actually customized. Well, now they found the balance a bit. So, uh, yeah, you tend to get some of the same big ones, uh, the same authoritative things, and then it breaks down into uh, what matches all sorts of factors. You know, I, if you're somebody who uh, likes loading up podcasts, for example, or hour long videos, well, you're probably going to be served suggestions that are not 92nd videos. You know, if you're somebody who just slams through the things that kind of existed before shorts, you know, they're a little bit longer than shorts, but they're not long videos. Well, you might get a whole lot of two and three minute videos. So it's not just the actual content uh it, it's length um yeah just all sorts of factors and it's it's better now uh but in this mix uh it's it's getting dicey it's getting really tough you know and we we saw channels like the ai ones a little better than than what Kyle's talking about here but not much better take over facebook i mean how many pages have 8 million uh, followers on, on Facebook. And they're just like spammy educational, like here's something really cool. And it's pretty much lifted from an article or somebody else's video. And and they're really repost and curation channels. Uh, they blow up. I mean, you, you look at a video and it's got like 25 million views, you know, a view defined on Facebook is different, but still you get the idea. It's not, it's not 15 views. Uh, well, this looks like that same sort of plague evolution happening on the YouTube side.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, the wave of, of spam is here. I will say that, um, so I tested out, because when Kyle mentioned it in the video, he's like, you know, I searched for James Webb Telescope, and as you can see, many of the results um, are from these allegedly spam channels, uh, even, you know, coming coming ahead of the actual James Webb Telescope YouTube channel and when he when he said that I was like, yeah, maybe that's just because you've spent the last week like researching these channels because of this video. Well, I did the the search myself and I I personally was overwhelmed with these allegedly spam channels. Uh, Matt, you you tried a couple of different counts. one had none of them and then one had kind of like a mix of legit news sources, BBC, James Webb itself. But then, you know, a, a couple of the, yeah. the scammy-ish ones were also present. Yeah,
0: I had a mixed bag. Uh, the first one that I, that I looked up, I was logged into uh, an account for a nonprofit educational foundation. So nobody is, is goofing off in the search bar when they're logged into that account. So it's kind of as straight-laced as you can get. And the results there were really what I, I would hope to see. Uh, The first thing was the channel for the James Webb Space Telescope. Then it was a couple videos from that account and a link to click to see eight more. Um, Beyond that, yeah, it was ABC, NBC, 60 Minutes, uh, BBC, some more from uh, the Space Telescope channel itself. I didn't see anything, literally not one result on what I would consider the first page uh, was anything that Kyle talked about. So then I switched to my personal account, which is I'd say it's it's a good mix because I use that uh, because I have premium. So I use that all day with any work stuff so that I don't have to deal with ads. So it's my it's all my my personal YouTube things, plus whatever I'm searching during the day, which you guys know what kinds of things those are based on. Uh, Vsauce two content, other things we do, good mix, good blend, and that's what I got as as the result. It still started off with the Space Telescope channel and two videos, and then a little bit of news, and then then one of the the scammy spammies popped in. Uh, I, I forget which one it was called, uh, and the results after that were probably two legit, and then one one spam uh, maybe 50, 50, but I don't think so. Um, and that was further down in the results. So you get this range where it is, uh, exactly what Kyle is talking about, which is what Kevin saw. One of the accounts I looked at was completely the opposite of what Kyle talked about. And then my personal one was halfway in between. Uh, so, so it it does depend, uh, (laughs) <laughs> we
1: got depend. like the three little bears of results. We got like
0: the we, we, Goldilocks, yeah.
1: Yeah. uh, breakdown between the three different accounts, which is kind of weird.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, that was really interesting though. And it, it just shows you how that customization is working. Uh, it, it really did a decent job of serving us the sorts of things that might appeal to us. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it would have been good for for Kyle to search on several different accounts like that. Like a totally perfectly clean account would have been cool. Like you make a Google account, you have zero in that account of any kind, no data at all. And then you search this term and see what that is. Then his personal one. Then maybe if there's a a work one, that's a blend or, you know, the whole range. Uh, And I think he probably would have seen pretty much what we did uh, would have fleshed out that range. Uh, but the customization is happening. Uh, the spam isn't taking over everybody's account.
1: No, no, but it, it, I mean, it took over mine. I don't know what that says about me, but um, <laughs> YouTube's <laughs> certainly like, yeah, Kevin, you'll love all this crap.
0: I don't know what you've been sipping, but you've got it all wrong. It's time to commit to the leaf. We've embraced the smoothness and surprising pick-me-up that tea provides. I literally drink it all day long, nearly a gallon a day, and it powers me through research, scriptwriting, and forums on websites that I refuse to name here. But we don't drink normie NPC tea. We drink cultured and refined anime tea from the Dragon's Treasure. Kevin still likes the gunpowder green called Space Cowboy, and I've sampled nearly 40 Dragon's Treasure teas at this point. Lately, I've been slamming black teas like Kentucky Bourbon and Liquefied Berserk Despair. Scottish Breakfast is deep and peaty, and I smooth it over with Sebastian's Morning Earl Grey, which has the best vanilla cream taste I think I've ever had in a cup. Give me a pot of that with a hot meatball sub from Sal's Pizza and Brooks BBQ Chicken to wash down my last meal on death row. I highly recommend the sampler pack you'll want to try everything just like I did. I literally have not had one tea that I wouldn't be happy to reorder. The Dragon's Wings membership fuels new tea experimentation, and the Tea of the Month Club provides a regularly scheduled surprise. And when you order from the Dragon's Treasure using code CREATE, you'll get 10% off your order. That's 10% off using the code CREATE
1: at thedragonstreasure.com. The link's in the description. And so he he was right on the money as far as, you know, my account is concerned. I searched it and it was like, bam, it was like nothing but these channels. So, you know, it raises like a couple of interesting things that I want to get into. Uh, but before we even get into the sort of like science communication side of it, I actually have a story about this like burgeoning steal people stuff and use AI to repurpose it cottage industry that is going on right now whether you know people realize this or not like this absolutely is a thing i don't know how prevalent it is i don't know what kind of like money people are making off of this but it is absolutely a thing that of course people are trying to do they're trying to game the system you know no matter what the system is you're going to have a contingency trying to game it so what the the personal connection i have to this is that someone actually reached out to me because Vsauce was mentioned in one of these, like, basically how to steal content and, re- and repurpose it and make money, at, you know, at home videos. Because there are a bunch of these videos from, like, you know, supposed YouTube entrepreneurs or something. I don't know what you would call them. So these YouTube entrepreneurs are giving you tutorials uh, that suggest, for instance... To go to a very popular Vsauce video, you can copy the URL to the video and paste it into some website that will just pull the transcript. Everything, you know, Michael says. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you just copy and paste that transcript and dump it into a, you know, chat GPT or some sort of whatever AI. There's a million of these now. These AI prompt tools that will rewrite it for you. So it's like a you know, anti-plagiarism, plagiarism plagiarism tool, where you just copy and paste, you know, a Veritasium script into this thing, click one button for it to rewrite the whole thing using just different words, different language, so that it's not picked up as being...
0: Yeah, no checker is going to get that.
1: Yeah, so it's not like a one-to-one, it's just rephrasing the whole thing. And then you take that rephrase script and you pop it into some other AI thing and it, you know, it reads it. And then I don't recall what the other, you know, how the actual video processing part comes into play. But the point is this person was using channels like Vsauce, Veritasium in a nutshell, like boldly stating, hey, steal these popular videos and Why wouldn't repurpose yeah, them it's and it's make a-, a bunch of money. Right. If you're going to repurpose a video,
0: why wouldn't it be the most authoritative ones? Of course. I mean, if you were going to do the same thing with with uh, uh, a novel, why wouldn't you be like, write me a a novel like The Great Gatsby instead of write me one of the novels, the Harlequin romance novels that's in the grocery store checkout. Uh, Write me one of those. No, 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 no. You'd go big. So I understand, I understand why. Sure. Um, so do I, but, uh,
1: but, but little, it was just, a little, yeah, a little bit of a problem, a little brazen in my opinion, but I understand it. I'm a little uh, biased and close to the situation to have, you know, a bit of an emotional response. But at this, at the end of the day, I was still kind of like, wow, this is scummy. So that is a occur- occurring 100% uh, on its own. Now, when this video from Kyle popped, it was like, oh, OK, here is sort of this little ember of an idea allegedly taken to its logical conclusion, mm-hmm. which is to churn and burn content, baby. <laughs> like, like, yeah, let's just upload as much as we can and uh, stick Elon Musk and Joe Rogan in the thumbnail and uh, you know, <laughs> right. I forgot that was a part of <laughs> yeah.
0: what he did. He's like, Yeah, here's a pattern with with these people who are are popular memish uh figures with this stuff. And yeah, like almost everything he pulled up immediately slapped you with Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and Michio Kaku for some reason I didn't know he was on that sort of uh Mount Rushmore of uh, faces that so. people recognize and will click, but uh I guess we have learned that he is. So the question I think for us to discuss first of all is uh what is the future of this? Is there a future of this? Is there is this a, pro- a problem? Is it not a problem? Is it a huge problem? Is it a little problem? I think we should just start with, you know, what is your reaction to this even being a thing that exists these days that you can just steal people's stuff, use some AI prompts to crap videos out and get yeah. Millions of views, because these channels are getting millions of views.
0: Yeah, they are. Uh every piece of this for me has a, a lot of little conditional sub pieces. And it's gonna be real tough to talk about. Uh it's definitely gonna persist because it has in every format before. Uh we were talking before we started uh the recording about what this used to be like twenty-five years ago on static web pages. Uh, there were all sorts of, of, uh, content mill stuff, which was terrible back then. You now it, it would stuff keywords, uh, in, in, uh, well, the, the ways that we would call black hat now, you know, this is how it all originated is like a white hat SEO person 25 years ago would say, here's a topic. The data is showing us that this topic is something that people really want to read about. So write an article about this and make the writing good. Black Hat would be like, here's the code you need to make invisible text uh, that you stuff at the bottom of a web page that nobody will even see. And here's the hundred keywords you put in so that they'll all show up on the searches. Um, so, yeah, just legit versus shady. And, it well, a lot of those things persisted. Google eventually got a lot better at detecting uh, fake writing, which... It it was, it was great. It was, it was awesome when it could identify artificially written texts and and then just really exclude them from search results. Um, now I don't think that's possible. There's not an obvious, there's not an obvious difference like there was. I'm not sure though. I have
1: heard that they can detect it. How? Because this, the same, I, I, I don't, I don't know. This is way outside of my area of expertise. But es- essentially, whatever logic is being used to generate this text can also be used to identify it.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's possible. Um, it, we, we see those things like on, on Facebook, though, that, that people want to sit and watch. And, and it kind of doesn't matter to a lot of people how accurate something is. They, don't, they have a much lower bar than, than we would or Kyle Hill would. Uh, probably anybody listening to this podcast is not in the group of people uh, that, that, that would sit there and just kind of watch an AI video and not care. However, a lot of those people exist. There are a lot more of them than us. Uh, so is this going to continue? Totally. I have no, absolutely no doubt that this continues. How much of a problem is it? This is where it gets interesting to me because you have a lot of different factors is it a problem if you are making science content on YouTube? That's one problem. Is there some ethics issue with with the information? That's a different problem. Um, is it fair? Is it is it fair to human creators? That's another problem. Uh, I can see really good arguments on all sides of all of these. So, so I'm interested uh, in your overall impression, Kevin. On on. What (laughs) is this a problem? You're somebody who spent longer than almost anybody making the types of content that Kyle's video talks about legitimate, not, not, not the scummy stuff. Um, you're exactly the sort of person who these things are coming for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have kind of nuanced thoughts about it because it's hard to know where, I guess you sort of draw the line between like using AI tools, I guess ethically or responsibly. And then
0: do you use any AI tools right now? Do you use do you use anything?
1: Uh not for writing. I've never used anything for writing. Um I have okay. used um AI tools for um like artwork. Uh generating ideas. All right. Like thumbnail yeah, ideas yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Yep. Um yeah, yeah yeah absolutely because um It's it's really valuable for that. You know, you can you can generate like imagery and ideas and you know jokes and concepts Mm -hmm. really quickly and easily. I have tried this is a oh my god, this is a sidebar. I have tried for years (laughs) to find people to do just Photoshop work for me. Like 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 real Photoshop work. Like here's an idea that I have. Can you make it in Photoshop? Like, you know, it's my face and like Half of it, like back in the day, we used Eric Langley, um, who could do this. You could say, hey, Eric, make a thumbnail of me where like half of my face is human and half of it is like a wolf. And he'd be like, "Okay," And he would go away to his little like magic corner with his unbelievable talent and he would make that. It is really hard finding people who can do that, like virtually impossible to find people who can do that. Because very few can, very few can, and those who can are inundated up to their eyebrows and work. And they're not like looking to take on more work. They have way more work than they can do. So there's this like insane supply and demand ratio that's way out of whack when it comes to saying, hey, can you, you know, just create this idea that I have in Photoshop? Well, the AI tools can do that you know, not perfectly, but you can, you know, refresh and change your keywords and regenerate and say, Hey, you know, here half, half Kevin face, half dog face. Let's see what it looks like. You can do that.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And I, I, I look at these tools in terms of imagery uh, being useful to me. I mean, that, that's how I think about it. Uh, because You know, we we've talked a little bit in the last few weeks about writing type of stuff, and I don't see much of anything in my head. My head is a stream of zeros and ones. Okay. So I can think of something like a character and and say, well, here are the 17 attributes and elements of this this person's origin story. But I don't I don't really see their face in my head or their body type or something. And it would be amazing just to say uh, to a chat GPT or whatever. Um, I I forget the other one that's so popular to say, show me a person with all of that. And it will show me a, a picture that hopefully embodies most of those qualities. That would be really cool and useful for me to visually see a representation of, of what I'm thinking. Um, I know that's an extremely specific, limited, uh, role there. Uh, I want to hit something in the chat that base just said that he's used um GPT to help him with some of the software that he uses. He can ask questions about sound design and it will show him what he wants to know. That's, that's, that's cool. That's really useful. Right. Um, and, and Jen did confirm uh, that, that original writers are getting false flagged uh, with, with some of those checkers. Uh, that things are coming up as AI when when they aren't and uh, are getting let go or not paid because of it. That's dangerous.
1: yeah, that's a scary situation so so I don't know that I that I understand where I guess essentially the line is between like utilizing these tools and sort of abusing them because I think that that's the suggestion here from Kyle that these tools are being abused by these channels. Yeah. Um, so the other question which, which you raised that I think is really interesting is, do most people care? I, I don't know. I't know yeah. the, I don't know the answer to that. Like if 99 out of a hundred people don't care, then is it a problem? unless that you know that one person cares so much that they believe that the 99 are wrong, this is like a whole other sort of debate, I guess.
0: So So I care a, a lot about language, right? To the point where, um, when I w- when I think of a song that I like, if there's a grammatical error in the song that's glaring, I, I will just pretend like the lyrics are grammatically correct. If I were singing a thing at karaoke, I would uh, I would like turn the thing into the proper adverb <laughs> because it's just awkward as shit to me when somebody gets it wrong. It, as long as it doesn't affect the meter of the song, you know, it, like it it they ha- there niche cases of this but like that's the that's the degree to which i'm listening to language okay and it's the same when i listen to a podcast when i listen to uh or watch a youtube video um it's not that things need to be perfect it's not that i mean I, i'm very imprecise with a lot of the things that i say because people are people and they have to have some personality woven in but if i hear something that is super uh super broken um that's jarring to me and I don't want to watch that video well I'm a native English speaker with 40 years of experience who spent a significant number of those years editing English writing and thinking about thinking about the details of it a lot more than the average person okay uh would that matter to me if I were um you know a kid in Bangalore who who uh, had uh, a pretty good grasp of English and understood everything in the video, but didn't care about all those little tiny nuances? Probably not. I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't matter. I mean, as long as it was e- easy to understand, that that's what would matter to me. So there's a subset of us, you know, and I, I said this earlier that for a lot of different reasons, things uh, stick out to us. We care about them. Um, we have to recognize that many, many, many people do not care, and it doesn't mean that they're uh, uh, that they're careless about it, like reckless about it, or don't don't want it to be good. You know that kid in Bangalore. Um, it's just that it hits him in a different way than it hits me, and the way it hits him is okay. So on the on the style side, uh, like we have to recognize that this this does not the ripped footage it doesn't bother a lot of people. Uh, the robotic voice doesn't bother a lot of people. Um, a lot of them, I mean, hey, it, I, I've seen robot voices on tutorials for, you know, mechanical things, like really boring things. You know, a, a company will, will throw uh, the robot voice together to show you how to s- assemble something. Well, the robot voice doesn't have a stupid accent. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't have any quirks uh, with its pronunciation the way I do. You know, it's a hundred percent understandable by anybody listening. That's, that's a feature to a video like that. Um, You you know, I, I wouldn't want to have a conversation with, with that robot, but that's not what's happening when somebody loads up one of these videos, they're not doing it back and forth. They're just kind of going along with it and, and enjoying it as entertainment or occupying their mind for a few minutes. Uh, We just have to recognize that that's the reality. We want to help you make something and mean something. And we say that phrase all the time because when you're making something and you know it means something, even if it's just to you, that's when you feel pretty good about what you're creating. The support for the Create Unknown in recent weeks has been incredible. Animators, artists, musicians, YouTubers, aspiring filmmakers, comedians, it is crazy how talented everybody in this community is. Consider joining the Create Unknown Patreon. Every dollar that comes through goes straight into the podcast and its community. That means more highlights videos. It means a big Minecraft project that's on the way. And eventually, we'd like to manufacture custom piss bottles so you never have to leave your battle station. And being a patron unlocks participation in all of our live recordings. You've seen the roster of guests we've had. Having access to their minds is a unique opportunity. You can go to patreon.com slash thecreateunknown or click the link that's in the description. Every little bit helps, and your support means absolutely everything to us. Patreon.com slash thecreateunknown, links in the description. We appreciate you, Space Cowboys.
1: Yeah, because my 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 initial response was like, well, I could see like I'm trying to think of it from YouTube's perspective, because that's all that matters, really. At the end of the day, is like, is YouTube going to do something about this or not? That's really the question. And are they incentivized to do anything about it or not?
0: Well, should they though? That's
1: the next I mean, question. So, should they do? I mean, there are a lot of questions yeah. here. Should they do anything about it? Or not, and I'm not sure that I know the answer to any of those questions.
0: No, and when I finished Kyle's video, it, it I I think he he assumed that this this can't happen, and YouTube should should kill it the way uh, the way spammy writing was dealt with.
1: Uh, twenty years ago. Yeah, it's you know, like Google spammy it. emails in, but they're videos. Yeah, so it's like yeah. spam email the video, basically.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's a, a much better way to put it. I don't think that line is as clear with these as it is with 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 the spam emails. Um, first of all, I mean, what do you do? Say that that nobody can use an automatically generated uh voice unless, let's say, they they prove that. Um, that it's an accommodation based on a disability or something like that. Um, You you know, I knew somebody who had uh, throat surgery and it just killed their ability to really to, to speak with any volume. Um, Val Kilmer had his voice adjusted in the, the latest Top Gun movie uh, because of, of the, you know, throat related cancer that he's had. Well, there are all sorts of reasons to use an adjusted voice. The concerns over ripping content and changing it, we're not close to dealing with that properly. We're still stuck on fair use most of the time and what constitutes fair use. This is such a next level example of that that there are no terms and conditions that cover this this properly. Um, you know, footage is the easiest thing to really gripe about because it matches or it doesn't uh
1: well and no one wants yeah, to open yeah. up that can of worms on youtube they, they they don't even realize it but but like back in the day it was much harder to get away with using footage the way that you well there was a mm-hmm. time where you could ju- it was just a total wild west then there was this period around like the viacom lawsuit in which things got really hairy when it came to fair use and using other people's footage Well, now we're really kind of back in, for the most part, that Wild West sort of era in which people really don't get busted. And and even doing minor adjustments like chopping up footage so that it's only, you know, less than 10 seconds at a time in a certain order and whatever it is, like people really kind of use whatever they want in their videos whenever they want. And if we're going to get up in arms over like, the AI people stealing stuff, my what? My point is that that could crack open and have a ripple effect too. Like if we're going to start legislating that, we're going to start legislating it elsewhere as well. So I don't know that necessarily that's a can of worms that regular YouTubers who aren't AI <laughs> wants to open. So I don't think you could draw the line there is my point. So that that's where I, I agree with you. It's like, what is the line? The amount of uploads a day? What 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 are they going to you know? Yeah, how do uh, they prove it's it's spam?
0: I don't know. And it, you could have a, a a sort of verification process that that was onerous enough to really make somebody want want to do it. Like you'd have to be pretty serious to go through it. Um, uh, I don't know what that would be, but even that wouldn't prove. Uh, wouldn't prove that you weren't using Chat GPT to write your script. Now, I do want to say one thing: the the last. So when it, it all opened up, and I finally got access to, oh, I don't know if it was Chat GPT or Mid Journey. Um, but I, I popped in a, a, a prompt to uh, write a Vsauce two script. I think I said this on one of the podcasts when when you know weeks ago, and it came back and said that it was it was too uh, complex and difficult. Uh, to be done. And I just closed the window and I'm like, cool. (laughs) I have nothing to think about with AI. (laughs) This is not (laughs) a problem for me. (laughs) I have have a lawn to mow. (laughs) I'll let everybody else worry about it because I'm I'm safe. (laughs) Um, So I haven't thought a ton about it, uh, but like uh, with a lot of facets of this, I think, what's the difference? So what's the difference between AI writing a pop song and a record label assembling a boy band based on every bit of data that it has and generating lyrics to a song in the same way. Now, to me, the difference is that the AI way can be done in 30 seconds. That's that's the only difference that I've got. Well, uh, and
1: people like me think that that's contrived and sucks, but- Millions of people don't care and they liked it and they loved it. And yeah, those, those, and
0: Kevin, why don't you tweet right now that
1: BTS is contrived and sucks and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that further goes back to your point is like, yes, people, people like me will complain that it's contrived and lame. And meanwhile, they have millions of fans who do not care and Tons love, of it. love it. Millions of rabid love fans.
0: It. Yeah. They're very, very happy. Uh, and Kyle, I, I wanted to throw this point out. Uh, Kyle is concerned about misinformation and disinformation. And that's a, a, which I I think the distinction between those two is that disinformation is on purpose and misinformation is when you just blow it. <laughs> I think that's the, <laughs> the distinction here. Fair enough. Um, and the AI stuff is going to generate a bunch of things that are wrong. But you know what? So much of what I read and watch is filled with errors. It is garbage. Everything's wrong.
1: Everything is wrong already (laughs) from humans. It
0: It really truly is. Yeah. And I mean, there are some subjects that I know very deeply and very personally. I can verify that, that something is accurate or not. And I'll read a thing that is just totally wrong. The, the entire rise of the community notes feature on Twitter shows how often this happens, where it, it's one of those two cases. Sometimes people are just plain wrong about stuff and uh, other times uh, they they are purposely wrong and the community notes will will show that they've ignored uh, a bunch of things. Um, most of the time, people are misinformed about something and do not intend to be wrong. Uh, it, a a really big one that is it's, it's a bit of a can of worms here, uh, but I'm just throwing this out as straight data, not any value judgments or uh, politics on anything. Uh, But there uh, have been surveys on Twitter, on different news websites about how many black Americans have been killed by police annually and what the impressions are for what you think that number is. You know, and you vote uh, like under 100, under 500, under 1,000, under 10,000, whatever. And the the over, over uh, estimates that people uh, have on this particular subject is by a giant, giant factor. It's not like they think it's twice as many as it is. No, they're off by a factor of like hundreds, most of the time hundreds. You know, and they think, well, this is something that. You know, we have fifteen hundred cases a year, two thousand cases a year, uh, and the, the reality of of like an unarmed person in this particular demographic is closer to ten than it is to two thousand. None of those people are trying to make the issue seem worse than it is. You know, and it's not any kind of judgment on like, well, it's only ten. Like, no, 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 no. the The idea is that all of these people have an impression in their head that is drastically different from the actual data point you know and it's not half of the respondents it's the vast majority of the respondents so people are wrong about things that we talk about every single day like that's an issue that has been a hot button issue for several years now it's not like anybody's hearing about it today for the first time and they're extremely wrong um there have been clips about housing prices where somebody says, "Well, how much do you think, uh, you know, a, a house costs in this city?" Or how much? Do, what do you think the average income is in, you know, a, another city? And some aspiring politician or celebrity or something will get this shockingly wrong because they're so out of touch. And they'll say, "Well, the average person makes, you know, probably five hundred thousand dollars a year." <laughs> and you're yeah. like, "Who? Have they ever met a real human?" Uh, but you get people being massively wrong and very confident about it. They don't know any better. And sometimes you get almost everybody being wrong about something through no fault of their own. No, nobody is is ignorant or trying to be misinformed. They don't have an agenda. It's not that at all. They just plain got it wrong. And we as a collective get it wrong frequently. Uh, so you can see content coming out of of being wrong. Also being wrong content. And that happens constantly. I read things that are garbage because the person is wrong about it. Learning styles. I I don't know if if we've talked about this on the podcast. If we did, it was a very, very long time Mm. ago. We've talked about it privately.
1: I don't think you've ever mentioned it on the podcast.
0: Okay. Well, for generations well going back to the 90s really uh the concept of learning styles some people learned better uh, when they could use their hands they would be labeled a kinetic learner uh or you know i i learn better if i hear it i'm an auditory learner it makes a lot of sense visual learner i always remember that visual was one yeah yeah and it, it really on the surface people were like yeah this is this makes a ton of sense uh, now cognitive science and psychology have advanced enough to know that this is absolute garbage it's not true it doesn't work that way that's it's the way it actually works is sort of like me saying that i'm an english learner i don't learn well in swahili well of course i don't because i don't know swahili you know like there's a pattern to uh, my cognition which is that i think of things in english well some people have developed patterns uh, to be more comfortable with With a certain format some people can sit down and read for four hours others can't for 10 minutes that's that's not because they are hardwired and programmed um you know and we're assuming there aren't factors like adhd or something that are like you know diverting them um but anyway this was common knowledge and it's still you still see people talking about this constantly even though howard gardner at harvard pulled back on, on his theories of, of learning styles. He, the guy who came up with it came out and and admitted that, yeah, this is much softer than I, I, I thought it was, but how many, how many people had teachers in school who did this, who ran an activity and, and did this kinetic learning and, and you know, visual learning and whatever. And now there's still, there are plenty of people still being taught in education schools right now, that learning styles, number one, exist, and number two, have to be catered to. You need to design things in a certain way to reach the people who use this style. This is all fiction, pure fiction. Well, that's, that's already out there. It's pervasive. What's the difference between that being completely and totally wrong uh, in an AI-generated thing that somehow gets something wrong? What is the difference? It's all wrong. And there's so much wrong so often that this is a drop in the, in, in the ocean of bullshit to me. <laughs> you know, it's not doubling the bullshit. It's increasing it by 0.0001% because there is so, so much. And it's not just AI stuff. Remember when, uh, and this is the last thing I'll say, and I know I've done a rant here, but it, do you remember when the SciShow guys did a history channel
1: you remember this oh um who the green brothers
0: yeah yeah they 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 had a host uh, to do the same idea but with history
1: yeah yeah i don't remember what that and, channel was called crash course it was a lot of
0: years ago no 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 no, no. It, it didn't end up i don't think it ended up happening uh because they released a video that people went hard on they were i i forget the particulars of the errors on it but they had to take it down within 24 hours. It was it was wrong, and they are some of the best people for many, many, many years at getting it right. Oh, by far. And they had a by far. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Com- uh, Complexly is the name of the Green Brothers company, and they have a yeah, just a plethora oh. of channels. Uh, Crash Course yeah. is one of them. SciShow that are excellent. I don't yeah. remember what the History uh, Flop. I don't remember about that. But yeah, I mean, it goes to show no one is infallible. Of course not. Of course not. Uh, We all are going to make mistakes. And I mean, not only that, but during your rant, I was thinking about the amount of research that I've read, and I'm sure you've read as well, just indicating that people, even when faced with really like irrefutable fact, will refuse to change their mind about things. Uh, and it has nothing to do with intelligence., uh, there was a, a study that I read that suggested that people with higher intelligence are worse about this. They will quadruple down on whatever it is that that they believed, regardless of the information being presented to them and how, you know seemingly impossible to refute it is. It doesn't matter. They'll just their brains will just burst into cognitive dissonance mode. And that's that. So it's like, well, I don't even know where you begin to deal with something like that.
0: No. Uh, sometimes it's, it's clear when wrong is wrong. You know, if your video is about how, you know, five plus three equals 17. Okay. but a lot of things have, have gray area and different interpretations. And I don't know who decides what's wrong on a lot of it. So like, I know that Kyle is looking at things from that science perspective, and there are clearer and harder lines in there than, for example, on history. Um, I don't know how you draw the lines with, with some of these videos and some of these disciplines. Uh, I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you would, you would ban a thing for being wrong or, or penalize it when it's that hard to tell if something is wrong. <laughs> I just don't know. Mm. I don't know how you, you actually uh, respond to that problem.
1: Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent
0: at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit MFM.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. its operating company is American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison,
1: Wisconsin. I, I don't know either. And, and And I haven't actually mentioned my take on the scam channels, which I probably should, which is obviously I think yes. they suck. <laughs> like there's no... There's no gray area on that for me. Like my personal opinion is that these scam or these like AI generated content mills suck. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of them. Uh, I, you know, I'm not looking. I I think uh, the reason I want to state that is that it does seem like we've in thinking this through, we've played a lot of devil's advocate here in suggesting that they're okay uh, because it's hard to distinguish at what point they're not Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know if we need to get into like that famous, like pornography definition of, I know it when I see it. Who, who was that? Wasn't that like a Senate, uh, a Senator or a judge or something said that?
0: Yeah. I want to say Potter Stewart. Uh, let me, let me verify that. Um, Potter Stewart. Hell yes. Yeah uh he was a supreme court judge so this, justice rather all
1: right so potter stewart was asked you know like how do you define pornography because that's a hard thing to do when you're just saying like well nudity sexual acts i don't know and then he was like i know it when i see it <laughs> i definitely feel like this is like i know garbage when i see it situation and this is garbage like this is trash these channels I of, oh god
0: I'm so sorry for laughing like that, but I, I just thought of somebody saying, well, how do you know what's pornography? And, and the response is, I know it when your mom's in it.
1: <laughs> oh, that, like, what? Why did you think that? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Where does even come from?
0: <laughs> I don't know, but it, but just the, the thought of somebody saying that just <laughs> made me explode here.
1: Uh, all right. I know it when my mom's in it. That would be so much worse than your mom. <laughs> what do I care about your then mom re- being in it? <laughs> <laughs> and are just a really
0: awkward uh, deadpan stare oh uh, god you just don't even blink no no oh yeah yeah uh, yeah well look most of the the channels um that that i uh, you know i'll go down a rabbit hole of things that are bad <laughs> like i probably watch more bad content on youtube than good content because it fascinates me to see how people get things wrong um, and it's not, it's not in the science sphere because I don't, you know, I am just not in, in a great position on most of those topics. Uh, like I can't tell you what's going to be wrong about a video on the James Webb telescope. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are wrong about a lot of things and they don't, they don't realize it sometimes it's presented to them, like you said, and they don't care. You see that constantly in little micro debates on a place like Twitter which is awesome because you you see these tight little quick shots from each person because you can't do more than that and somebody will say something and it will be like wholeheartedly refuted in a way that nobody could possibly argue with and they just won't care you know they'll just kind of pivot on what they're talking about or the point they're making and and go past
1: it uh or just start the ad, it ad- it hominins us. and yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, that's just right. turn it into it. Just it just degenerates from there. But I'll be interested to see you know how YouTube responds. I think at the end of the day, I do think that they are ultimately incentivized to keep people like Kyle Hill happier than yeah some sort of content farm. You know, if they're if they're given okay. the choice. But
0: I want to ask you to, to speak to something specifically. A big part of his problem was that these videos ranked higher than than humans. Um, how much of a problem is that? The, the actual ranking?
1: Well, you know, objectively, I don't know. Subjectively, I think it is a huge problem. Like, I think, like, I person. this is again getting sort of into the I know it when I see it, I guess, territory more than me being analytical, I guess, about it. Yeah. But yeah personally I feel like that's terrible it it makes when it comes to so they have this thing about authoritative voices right this was a thing years ago i think that largely what did it come out of covid I don't remember exactly what where what sort of smoke it emerged from but there wasn't maybe it had to do with like the uh crisis actors thing i don't know i think it was the crisis maybe it was the crisis actors one of the shootings there was like a crisis actors conspiracy theory
0: i this was the alex jones period of debate where it was yeah who's an authority Uh, do you elevate people like him yeah 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 so
1: as as a result of that youtube developed this sort of like authoritative voices campaign in which they were going to derank someone like Alex Jones and not allow someone someone like him to pop up in the search results above you know ABC CNN uh AP reports whatever Fox News like
0: I think this has happened with a lot of mainstream news on on both sides. Yeah, yeah. Like, like even things like like how high do we put the young Turks uh compared to a news channel right yeah, so it's not just the alex joneses i'm not saying that those two are equivalent i'm just saying on both sides it is well is how authoritative is uh an analysis channel or an opinion channel compared to somebody trying to do real news that's murky uh,
1: it is murky and i think there's a lot of people to this day that would argue you know i trust i trust uh what Steven Crowder has to say over what <laughs> right. uh, CNN has to say. Those people exist. Those people are yep. are, are adamant that they believe that and uh, think that it's messed up, that there even is this authority. So there is a game constantly being played mm-hmm. about this authoritative voice thing. Certainly in the news, it's played out. And I think for the most part, it's it is what it is at this point. So this sort of raises the question that are we going to see the same thing happen on in, in a niche such as science education? It, are there science educators or science communicators, I shouldn't use the word educator, science communicators who will be considered more to ha- to have more reliable authority than something like <sighs> science farm or whatever these <laughs> like fake channels are? You know, I don't know. Let's
0: solve it. Let's solve this right now. Sure. Why can't you just have something that is similar to the like or dislike button? It's just like, how authoritative is this? How trusted is this? Whatever. And Kyle Hill's going to get a hell of a lot more than any of, uh, you know, those, the, the fake sounding channel names from the spam places. Nobody's going to watch that video and, and think like, yes, this is authoritative and, and whatever, they might be entertained by it. They might enjoy their eight minutes with it, but they're probably not going to say, yes, this is like top-notch uh, uh, authoritative content to the same degree that they are with a Vsauce or a Kyle Hill. Maybe you, you put a, a rating system in there that that people can use.
1: Um, well, here here's here's something that he brought up in the video that we haven't mentioned is that supposedly, you know, and I haven't looked into it, but he did. One of the things he brought up is that these videos have no comments on them, which is dubious.
0: What? Really?
1: Yeah, yeah. Didn't he mention that, that a lot of these videos are like, there's like one comment. Like uh-huh. people don't comment on them either, which raises the suspicion of like who's watching them.
0: Yeah, let me look here. Okay, so this one has 131k views and it has
1: 43 comments
0: that that's pretty low um a hundred thousand views
1: it's not zero um, but it's low it's
0: not zero but it, it's it's really low uh so no people aren't engaging a ton um
1: so maybe that comes into place when it comes to search results yeah. you're factoring well, look, what people are actually interacting with i don't know
0: there are two thousand likes on this and that is also super low like a a, a really good video, you're probably going to get something like 8% thumbs up, uh, compared to, to the views. So like I would expect this video, if this was a Kyle Hill video with 131,000 views, I would expect 10 to 13,000 likes. Yeah. This has 2000. So people aren't sticking around for this very much. Uh, a bunch of them don't like it. Uh, and the ones who do are a much, much smaller group than in a, a, a normal video so there are a lot of little data points flowing into youtube on this
1: yeah but that seem to not matter with search results though or, or really views because they're getting a lot of views so i don't know maybe there is something yeah. some sort of easier than we realize tweak to the algorithm that could bury these things because yeah human beings are not interacting with them even if they're clicking on it watching the first 10 seconds but i don't know i don't know because if they weren't watching enough of it you would think that the algorithm algorithm wouldn't be serving it or maybe the ctr is really high i don't know i i have no idea but um i'm really glad that kyle made that video i thought it was super 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 interesting um i absolutely agree with him that this (laughs) trend sucks uh, the fact that there are these YouTube entrepreneurs out there teaching people how to uh, steal people's content uh, uh, sucks. All of that really yeah. sucks. But but deep down, my instinct on all of this is that this is a blip. This is a blip. I Think so. This this level of just kind of like blatant thievery is a blip, yeah. and that you know YouTube slash Google or whatever can. Flip a switch and just make it irrelevant any day. I think so
0: on yeah, on the creator side, uh, uh, I mean, if you if you really look deep into how it affects a particular channel's Adsense, for example, maybe somebody's taking a hit there. Maybe they're actually losing something. i I don't know. But on the generally creative side of this, it seems really clear to me that you make a decision. Do you want to repurpose somebody else's content? You want to go with what those people are advocating and, and their AI systems to do whatever. That's a yes or a no. If it's a yes, it, it, it shouldn't be. You're a boner. You're an idiot. Uh, and it's if it's so easy for you, that shows you how easily replaced you are. So <laughs> that's, that's a little paradox of that game. But if it's a no, what do you do? The next thing, the next question in that decision tree is... Do I want to make the best content that I can? The most engaging, interesting, authoritative, whatever your thing is, content that I can. And that, that should be a yes. So what is different now in what you do compared to you know a year ago when this wasn't possible? I don't see any difference at all in what you do as a creative. What anybody does as a creative based on this. You are still, you are still tomorrow going to write the best thing you can. Uh, you're going to make the best videos you can. You were going to do that yesterday. You're going to do it tomorrow. So I don't. I don't like putting a whole lot of stock into uh, you know how is this going to affect me. It's not. Not in any real way. No. You do what you do. That's it. Um, on the the larger philosophical side, yes, there's stuff to talk about. You know, is what does this mean for science when um, you know more people are watching these, these third rate compilations than something like a Vsauce or a Kyle Hill video. Uh, I don't know. That's worth talking about, but if you're a creative, no, no, no. You, you do what you do. That's it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you if you have that bug, then it's going to be crawling all over you regardless and 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 it's possible that the AI tools you can utilize to do things faster and better and easier and learn more from them. like base great example of learning how to get a particular sound and just asking the yeah. AI you know it's it's really kind of like a more interactive way of uh, utilizing a tutorial at that point right yeah rather it's
0: it's aid it's a, it's a tool it's another tool that can help you yeah.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with these uh spam channels. Like I said, my instinct is it's a blip, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe five years from now, YouTube is just overrun by AI generated <laughs> trash content. Everybody loves it in their um, you know, their uh what's what's that movie? Their idiocracy world.
0: They can't nail the pathos.
1: Guzzling and we will return electrolytes. To this. <laughs>
0: right, <laughs> but what they can't—they can't nail uh, the pathos, the emotional resonance with you no. individually. No. they can do it on a grand scale, like you could get the temperature of of uh, you know hundreds of thousands of people, like those boy bands do. Yeah, but we are a long, long, long way off from uh, getting it right on a, a, a one-on-one. So one of the running themes that we've had forever is no people get to know people, enjoy people, read about them, go and see them, talk to them, get a really broad sense of understanding there. That's the differentiator. You'll be able to hit uh, the emotional resonance with everything. Basically conveying why something matters to somebody. Uh, You'll be one step ahead of of all these problems.
1: Absolutely. All right. Uh, I think we nailed it this week. Uh, let us know in the comments below your thoughts on this because uh, I have noticed already some people who have strong opinions about it so I'd love to hear those Uh, thanks to all of our patrons for hanging out with us if you want to become a patron go to patreon.com slash the create unknown we are a patreon supported podcast so thanks again to all of our patrons we'll be back next week until then see you space cowboys Thanks
0: for listening to The Create Unknown. We make this show with the support of our patrons. 100% of that goes directly to keeping episodes going every week, and the recent support has been amazing. Sid Polk, NRM, Venture Addicts, good you all really do make this show happen. Thank you to the Tots and Dumpster crew, old and new, who save tiny little lives every month. Thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Clemente De Los Santos, Dan Latch, Demetrius Andrews, Erica, Farrakhan, Jen Mefasanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Monahim Natsu, Penny Peddler, Risebred, Ryan Kinder, Samuel Manser, Sean S., Sean Malone, and Tom Videogre. And a tremendous shout out to our elite baby gang commanders Atrocious Guff, Cat, Dojangles, Graham Robertson, James Gallagher, Jeff Davis, Orange Vanilla Coke, Patrick Pister, TCU's personal pilot, Andy, Ryan Carroll, Baseweight, Vintos, Yetis Deletus, Jonas Walter, Nathan Robinson, Chelxis, and of course, Trevstead. You are the elite. Thank you as well to our indentured servants, producer-editor Ben Webster, Minecraft mogul Laterman, Discord kitten wrangler Conrad, and producer emeritus Dan Yoshua. Thanks to Baseweight for use of Created in the Unknown for the opening theme. Thanks to Electro Voice for giving us mics to sound good on top of it. And a special thanks to Main Gear for powering all of our PC endeavors. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production in partnership with Studio 71.